Hey there, Donna Ashton here. And listen, I get you. You're already busy with a full calendar and trying to squeeze in some inspiration and learning here. So I won't waste your time or bring fluffy crap you can't use. I'm here to help you design a simplified business you can scale and help you work less and make more. This show is for high achieving coaches and experts who want strategies to unlock the next level in their business and create days that allow creative time and space for family, all while increasing revenue. Let's get to it. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Four Day Weekends. I'm super excited. We have a guest today, Carrie Wolf. So let me just tell you a little bit about her, and then we'll jump in to how she is only working four days a week. So Carrie loves developing plans, workflows, and procedures and strategies that make life easier. She has turned that love and those skills into her dream business, and she wants everyone to wake up excited to build their lifetime dream just like she does. Her happy place is jumping into your data pool and getting down and nerdy with your numbers to find your revenue leaks and then strategies on how to stop them. So I'm super excited to introduce Carrie Wolf, founder of Wolf Den Professional Solutions and recently featured in Forbes article about standard operating procedures. Welcome, Carrie. Thanks for having me, Donna. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited. And I love that you're like the total opposite of what I am and like what I do, not the total opposite, but you're like all into the nerdy numbers and spreadsheets and procedures. And I think probably for a lot of people who are listening, they're probably like, oh my gosh, you know, I wish I was that person. I wish I was a little bit more that, but that's why we have you so that you can do it for us. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, that really is my happy place. I think yesterday I was working on data analysis for a client. I think I spent three and a half hours in all of the numbers and the data and the spreadsheets, just going through it and building out reports and charts. And it was just, I get in that zone and I completely, I zone out and it's like tunnel vision. And all of a sudden, oh, I need to go make dinner. So yeah, that's yeah. how I am when I work in the garden with my flowers, but definitely not with my numbers. It's like, you have to pull me kicking and screaming. <laughs> well, and that's, that's the great thing about people like me, because I will go do it willingly and you don't have to do all of the kicking and screaming and hair pulling. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that's what makes the world go around, right? We all have our we all have our genius. We all have our niche that we love to work in and the right. things we love to do. And if everybody loved flowers, no one would have a business. <laughs> no, but it would be a beautiful place. It would, but no one would make any money. We'd have to eat them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you got started with, with your business. And then we'll dive into more of your scheduling and how you got to four days a week. Yeah, so uh, I am a retired military spouse. Uh, My husband retired, which means then I had to retire and I didn't know what to do with myself because I was a professional volunteer. So, you know, nonprofits, uh, board of directors seats, that sort of thing, wherever we were stationed. So when he retired, I suddenly had nowhere to go, no meetings to be at, nowhere to volunteer. And I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, And that's where I thought, you know, there's got to be a place for me because I love doing workflows. I love, you know, I love all of the stuff that the creative people don't. 
I'm, I'm creative, but I'm like crafty creative. Uh, my, like I said, my real happy place is just in the systems and the operation and the logistics of things. And I love to work with creative people because that satisfies my, my need for learning. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think I would be like a squirrel at a rave looking at all the different courses I could take, all the different things I can learn because I just want to, I just want to learn it and absorb it. And so that's why I like working with creatives because it, it fulfills that need for me while letting me do the things that I love. So about love four it. years ago is when I started building out my business and it just kind of went crazy from there. Yeah. So you started just helping people with kind of what, like organizing all of their systems yeah. and sort of the back end of their business? Yeah, I did. Before I took, I took a program called virtual expert training. And before I did that, I was, you know, I was trying to build this on my own. I had a couple clients and they really weren't paying me what my worth was. And so once I went through this training program, I really learned how to define my niche, find those ideal clients that I want to work with and that will fulfill, you know, my needs and, and really serve me in my business capacity. Mm. And so that's, that's kind of how it all just developed from there. Yeah. So four years you've been in business. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And yeah. so is it just you and your, and your business? Do you have a team or? I, I, sometimes I have a team and sometimes I don't. And I know that doesn't make sense off the top, but based on what client work I'm taking in, Sometimes I bring on subcontractors to help uh, with with their client needs and make sure that, you know, that I'm serving them and we're meeting all of the needs that they have. So at any given time, I work with a video editor, email management, social media folks. I have a bookkeeper. So I have a, I have a team of people, but I really pull them in when client needs kind of require that extra, extra touch. Okay. So are you doing like done for you services with people? Like what exactly are you doing? So I work on custom built data and metric dashboards. What I do with the client is we do like an intake call. If this is really what they need, then then we work on building out a dashboard. And so that dashboard can track their metrics from just about anything, you know, whether you're launching a course or you're launching a new product or service. If you're running an event or a summit, these dashboards will allow you to see the numbers that are coming in in real time. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you're running a summit or an event and you're not getting ticket sales and you don't know why, instead of speculating or making assumptions, that dashboard gives you those real-time numbers. So we can go in weekly and evaluate, is the sales page converting? Are my emails converting? Is the social media not hitting the right target audience for what we're trying to do? And so we can make those pivots in real time so that instead of getting to the end of the event and not hitting your sales mark, not hitting your registration, we can really maximize that effort to get you the biggest bang for your buck. Yeah, that's, and that's really like vital information if you're launching anything, right? If you're oh, doing, yeah. Like you said, an event or you're doing a big launch for a new program or a book launch or something, right? Right. Because it's, you don't want to wait till the end and go, what happens? <laughs> you know, you want to be yeah. able to go, 
what's happening and how can I pivot? Because I'm sure, and you just, because I've done this enough that not, no launch is perfect, right? No. You've got to start and then go, oh, okay, we're having issues here. And then you might fix that and like, okay, now we're having something over here. That's, that's right. sort of the, you know, the way it goes when you're doing those kind of yeah. launches, because especially if it's something you haven't done before, you may not right. know, maybe the, like the wording is off, right. Or maybe the button isn't working or something, right. Like nobody's like, haven't got any signups, you know, even though you've checked things, the link is down or whatever. Right. Right. And the, the great thing is that if, if you have like a course and you do a live launch every, every week or every year or every quarter, and we run a dashboard on it, at the end of that launch period, we can see what worked and what didn't. So the next time you launch, you know exactly where you need to make those tweaks and changes the next time around to hopefully get a better result. Yeah, I think it's super vital. So when you say dashboard, is it just like a little spreadsheet where all the numbers are like automatically pulled in? That's kind of what I'm thinking, but I don't know. What does that look like? I can do them a couple different ways. Uh, one program is called Clipfolio. And it's a dashboard program. It will pull numbers in um, based on integrations. So we can connect it to a number of different data sources oh. and build out the dashboard there. I've also built them out on a spreadsheet where we use Zaps to pull in numbers with Zapier and then build it out that way. We can also do dashboards like it used to be Looker. Maybe it's Looker Studio now. It's part of um, the Google suite but it's like oh, okay. Google Looker Studio and you can build out dashboards and do analytics that way as well. Huh. I really, I tend to base it on the client needs and what we're tracking to see which is the best dashboard platform to put their information on. Right, depending on where the information is coming from and how right. other things have can integrate with the different things they're right. Okay, right. I see. So did you always just have a very simplified business where you were just working the four days a week? Or did you go through something where you were like, oh, I'm working way too much and I need to fix things? <laughs> that, that's exactly what happened. I was working five days a week and I, I wouldn't say that I was a workaholic, but because I enjoy what I do so much and I do it from home, for me, that work-life harmony boundary was hard to distinguish. Mm -hmm. And so after about two years in, uh, I ended up needing to get a knee replacement. And that was going to take me out of the office for about three weeks. And what I was not expecting is that I would need to go to PT, but that that physical therapy after the replacement was gonna be so taxing on my body after having such a huge procedure like that. Yeah. So, you know, I talked with my, I talked with my coach and we said, you know, I really, the, whatever day I have physical therapy, I've got to take that day off because my body has to have that recovery time. Right. And that's where I really started building into a four day week so that I had that day off for physical therapy. My clients adjusted to that type of schedule. My team adjusted to the schedule pretty easily without any hiccups. And then once I was released from physical therapy, I thought, you know, I don't want to work all week anymore. Well, I just <laughs> I kept it. the day off. Like, why go back when, it's, when this is working, right? Yeah, this is working. The clients are used to it. I've got systems in place. There's SOPs in place. Why should I go back to work an extra day? 
So then about six months after the first knee, we did the second one and took another three weeks off. And I still kept that day of the week, you know, one day off during the week. And I just have stuck with it. That's amazing. And it's kind of interesting that, you know, it took something like that, you know, but I can, I can see like something with your health or something that's like unavoidable, right? right? Like sometimes that's what it what it takes, or it's like, you're forced to go, okay, how can I make this work? And can I make this work kind of like we did, you know, during COVID in a way, right? We had like, okay, we can't go anywhere. We have to figure out how to do it from home or whatever. So I think it's, and, and I think I love the fact that you were like, not going back. <laughs> I'm doing it. I mean, I, I very easily could have sat in my recliner with the laptop down, down there with me and continued to work even after I got home. But, you know, self-care is not selfish and you cannot pour from an empty cup. Yeah. So and you probably recovered well. So, and did what you needed to do. Cause I mean, right. if you don't do the PT and you don't do the stuff, you could have, I mean, you're a young woman. So, you know, it's not like, yeah. you, it's not like you're 80 years old and you're like, okay, whatever. I mean, you've got your whole life ahead of you. So you want these knees yeah. to be right, you know, and, yeah. and supporting you, you know, and so you took the time and made sure that mm-hmm. you gave your body that chance. And I love that you were able to move things around. So it wasn't that difficult to, to move things. No, one of the first things that I did was made sure that I had all my SOPs ready to go for my team. Um, I'm sure you had that ready. <laughs> I did, I did. Um, you I guys don't know what SOP is because I it was a while before I even knew it. That means like your standard operating procedure. So it's right. like, like the way you do things like written down or something. So yeah. that- other people could follow it or just so you have exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and and not that I'm a control freak, but if if my team can do it at least 80% as well as I can, then I just let them do it. Yeah. You know, and the way I write my SOPs is that anyone on my team, even if they've never ever done it, should be able to pick it up and perform the task because I do a very detailed process. And so, you know, I was going out for three weeks. I handed them their digital Wolf Den playbook and I said, okay, if you need me, you're going to have to text me because I will not be checking Slack. And I think out of that entire three weeks, the only texts I got were people checking in on me to make sure how recovered was going and if I needed anything. That's amazing. I mean, three weeks is a long time. Like one week you go on vacation or whatever, but three weeks. I mean, that's almost a full month in your business. And that, if you don't have things set up correctly, could be detrimental to your clients or your team. And obviously you had all your ducks in a row and had everything where they could just come in and take over. So did you just have someone who like what you were normally doing, you had someone else kind of coming in and covering that. Right. Right. I had a project manager that kind of stepped into my role and everything that I was managing and and taking care of. um, We got her trained up about a month ahead of the surgery. So she was aware of where all the client projects were at. Um, My team already knew her. And so it was a fairly smooth transition each time. The other, the other way I was able to take that much time off is when I, when I block out my weeks, I do time blocking. So 
my calendar looks like an insane game of Tetris. <laughs> it's it, it looks insane, but it big works colors here and there. <laughs> yes, big colored blocks all over my calendar, but that allowed me to make sure I was meeting my clients' hourly needs. Some clients were on hourly and some were on a retainer. So I had to make sure that even though I was taking an entire day off, I was still able to meet client needs. Yeah. And those time blocks really let me kind of move stuff around to, to make sure I was still meeting my obligations. I love the time blocking and I do you know, recommend it to people when I first start working with them because it's so hard. It is for me. I don't, maybe if you're with a more analytical mind, you know, it may be easier, but for, as a very creative person, it's very hard for me right. to like switch modes. Like when I'm in creative mode, I'm in creative mode. And then when I'm yeah. in, I call it my worky, when I'm in worky mode, mm-hmm. it's very hard to get me out of like, I have to go take a walk or I have to go do something. So this fluctuating back and forth between doing tasks and writing something super creative and then taking a phone call with a client, it's very hard to, you know, kind of recover in between that and be effective. Right. Right. So I do recommend, you know, blocking like, like things together. And if you're like me in any way, it just makes it, you're so more efficient because once I get going, I can really do a lot, but then, and that's too, derailed and it's like oh my god where was I what was I doing it's like 20 minutes to kind of get back to what I was doing well and it helps too to know when your most productive time of the day is yes like for myself I know if it's a project or something that needs hyper focus it's got to happen before noon and so those things I block in before lunch because right around two I'm a morning person I'm up like five o'clock I'm already up and up and running so 2 30 3 o'clock in the afternoon I start that downhill slide like is the day finished yet so the afternoon is when I block those not as hyper focused you know client calls yes prospect calls that sort of thing I do in the afternoons I totally did you do Daniel Pink's book when have you read that no Oh, you, well, you've already kind of do it. Yeah. I, I, someone recommended this to me a couple of years ago. So you guys check out the book. I'll link it below. It's called yeah. Win by Daniel Pink. And it talks about, are you a, I can't remember what he called it, like a morning lark or a night owl or a something else. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't get up at five, but I'm usually up by six thirty-seven. And then we have these natural, like yeah. super like this. And then I know if you can't see it cause it's on the video, but you super like you like shoot up like all this energy and then there's a drop off and I have my drop off about three o'clock. So I know that yes. I try not to schedule anything at that time because I literally could go lay on the couch and take a nap. I, I, I have this super down, mm-hmm. like work through it. Then I get, I get like another up about four thirty five o'clock. Then I have another like window of like to five to seven. My husband's like cooking dinner. And sometimes I come in here and I do a lot of creative stuff mm-hmm. that time, like a creative, it's not so probably my more focused time is in the morning, like you, and then more like creative, like, Oh, bigger picture things kind of will come around that time. Or if I have to write something, right. Um, I find that's a good time to do it. But I like knowing yourself, like you just said, like understanding yeah. the way you work, 
instead of like pushing yourself, like I had this mastermind call a couple years ago, like I was part of this big mastermind and every week the call was from three to four. And I was like, I literally was like doing jumping jacks before the call and trying to like run around and keep my, yeah. a bunch of tea or something to keep because by three 30, I was literally like, what are they talking about? I could yeah. not focus. And it was really hard to do that. So I try, you know, when I can to, to, you know, support myself knowing and for the, like the night hours my my daughter works from home now and she's like working at nine and ten and eleven o'clock at night where I'm just like on the couch basically like incoherent but she's right. like oh my gosh I do my best work and I do all this stuff and I'm like that's really cool but understanding your you know your times yeah. that you're most productive I think can really help otherwise you push yourself through those places where you could go take a walk or take a quick break and let yourself kind of go with the flow, right? Go with the way your body wants to go. So you'll have to check out the book. It's really interesting. Yeah. That's, that sounds interesting. Yeah. 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 So love that you're like time blocking. What other tips can you give us uh, before we wrap it up? Any other little productivity hacks or things? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Don't be afraid to delegate for sure. Like I said, uh, I, I do that 80-20. If, if my team or a subcontractor can do it 80% as well as me, I will pass that off. And yeah. that has really saved me a lot of time, being able to trust that to someone else, knowing they're capable of doing it. And I think as an entrepreneur, that's one of the hardest things to let go of is those things that we think we're the only person that can do it. When in reality... Yes someone else is completely capable of handling that for you. And so the hardest thing for me is to start handing things off to my team. And I even struggle with it now, stuff that I would have handed off to my project manager, I started doing and I'm like, wait a minute, I have this person to handle this. And so I just shot her a quick message and said, we need, you know, A, B, C, and D, please task that out, make it happen. Yeah. The control or we're the only ones, you know, it's like our little baby. We don't need one else to like hold it or something, but I find, and we, like you said, I think the funny thing is, is that we think we're like, Oh, we're doing this best. And then I think I've had this happen to me like, Oh, I'm a really great writer. And I'm a pretty good writer when it comes to copywriting. Right. But recently, you know, recently I've had somebody kind of taking over my stuff and I'm like, that sounds way better than I would ever do myself. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's okay to admit that we aren't the best at everything. We can't, it's hard when you kind of go through that stage where, you know, you wear all the hats and you do all the things yes. and when to start like pulling things out of your hands and going, let it go, you know, like a little toddler that doesn't want to let go of their toys. But once you do, I remember the first time I had my assistant, I was so afraid and I was like, oh my gosh, what are they going to do? And then once I kind of, like got the ball rolling. I was like, what else can I give her? Like, oh my God, right? this is amazing. And you know, you do yeah. have that trust and you've got to check them out. But once you have that, I think it's so freeing and it, it really does free you up to be yeah. in your lane of genius rather than, you know, some of the right. things that you don't like or are just like, you shouldn't be doing at this level. Well, and, and if you look at it from a monetary standpoint, if it takes you two hours to do something, that's costing you you know, depending on, on what you charge, but that could be costing you two or $300 where if you had your assistant do it 50 to $80. So it's, right. even though it's free because you're the one doing it, it's not really when you think about the value of your time. Yeah. And exactly. And it's always this, Oh, it's only going to take me just a quick minute to do this. 
And then right. you look and it's like an hour and a half later and you're exactly. doing something else or, you know, even if it's not work, it's like, oh, this was time I could have been in the garden right. or with my kids or doing something else. Right. So yeah, I'm a big advocate of having some people take over when it's, when it's time to do that. Yeah. And so I'm really curious, are you, do you think about, well, maybe I'll take like a week off every month or now that you've kind of got things you know, set, are you That's like, you take three weeks off a couple times and you take a week <laughs> off. I mean, are you dabbling with like down the road? When do I want to start? Cause I've seen people like start taking one week off a month. Like I've been talking to different people, you know, who are doing this yeah. in different ways. My bookkeeper has just this, just this year started taking off a week every month and she loves it. Yeah. I usually take two weeks in April, a couple weeks in July. And then right before Christmas, I take that through the, through the new year off. So usually December, I take two or three weeks. So I didn't, I know you love what you do. So you're probably like, no, I don't want to take it off. I like what I like what I'm doing. And I like to see, get my fingers in the pot. <laughs> it's really, it's really difficult for me to not, not try to come in here and work when I'm on vacation or when I'm off. So once, once I shut it down, like I will do a hard shutdown of all my systems and just close the office door so that I'm not even tempted to, to come in here and just, well, I'm just going to do a couple things real quick, because for me, that turns into a couple hours. Yeah. And it, and again, it shifts you out of you're in a vacation mode to, I have to right. go like think of being in worky mode and I have to think about what's what, and it's sort of like, ruins not ruins but you know what I mean it sort of yeah. like takes you out of that time off place yeah I mean sometimes it's unavoidable if you have an emergency of some kind but it is hard that we work from home and it's like you know our our phone is right here or our computer or right. is just a few steps away in the other room and it's easy to be like well I don't really have anything else to do at this moment so I could go in there and, yeah. and, and, and do something, but I think it's important to find some things to do <laughs> to find some other things. Like you said, you have to fill your own cup before you can really be effective. And I feel right. like finding other things that lights you up and fills you back up makes you a better person to come yeah. and then be able to shine your light and do what you do for other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that just the fact that, you know, you can leave for three weeks anytime or, you know, within, you know, right. season, like if you're like, Hey, I want to go to Europe for three weeks on a special, oh, that would whatever, be so awesome. I mean, you could just take off because you have things. So right. Ready. I mean, obviously there would be a little bit of a ramp up time to kind of get ready, but you know, you could do it because you've already yeah. done it several times. So I think it's like yeah. the option is there whenever you decide you want to do it. And maybe you'll be down to only working three days a week sometime and have your four that's, day weekend. That's what I'm working towards. Hopefully by the end of this year, that's what I will be down to is just three days. Okay, great. Now th I've had several people tell me this. So when you have, when you do, then you'll have to come back on the show and tell me yeah. like, what, what did you have to, you know, fix or tweak or put into right. place? And, and how is that going? Did you like okay. be looking over there going, I should be in there working. I should be in there working, you know? So right. um, let me know. So the goal is by the end of 2023, you'll be down to just three days a week. So yeah. we'll have to have you come back and see how it went and what the process was. Cause I think it's interesting for people to hear, like, what does it take for, you know, to do this and different industries, different people running different businesses, everybody's so different that it really, 
is interesting to hear the unique stories of how you did it versus how I did it or someone else did it. That's why right. I'm having you on here. So, yeah. so, so anything you want to tell us, like what's coming up this year for you, anything new that you're putting out there, any new and exciting things uh, happening other than working toward four day weekends. Right. So I'm getting ready to launch my SOP template shop on my website where you can go and purchase template SOPs already written. And all you've got to do is just customize and fill in your specific business details. So in the time it takes you to Netflix binge your next episode, you could have a fully written worked out SOP and workflow. I think a lot of people are going to be very interested in it. I'm already like, my ears are breaking up. Like, you mean, I don't have to try to figure this all out myself. So yeah. amazing. So when is that coming out? So I... I have one page up now. I'm not happy with it. So we're, we're doing some tweaks on the back end. I would say by the end of the month, for sure. By the end of May, May, end of May, 2023, whenever you guys are listening to this, go check her website and let us know where we can find you and and get and check this out. So I on Instagram, it's wolfden underscore P S P as in Paul S is in snake. I'm also on LinkedIn just under my name, Carrie Wolf. And then you yeah, Wolf with a U. And then, you know, just my website, it's wolfdungeons.com. And that's where the SOP shop lives. I love the Wolf Den. How did that come about? So like I said, my husband was active duty for many, many years. And anywhere, there was one duty station where one of the soldiers nicknamed our house, the Wolf Den, and it just kind of stuck. Yeah. And so wherever we live, that's kind of been our thing. It's, it's the Wolf Den. And so I just took that and ran with it. I think it's great. I think it's a nice, and like, do you have a little wolf on your, like a, a little dog or a little wolf sitting around on your desk? <laughs> no, but my logo has the wolf. Yeah. It yeah. Does. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. All right, Carrie. Well, thank you so much. It's been really fun to hear from someone who's on the other side of the spectrum from me and probably many of my listeners, but love that you're really into the geeky nerdy stuff. And we need people like you to help Rain us in and organize our businesses. So you guys check out her SOP stuff coming soon and check out all her offerings over at the Wolf Den. And thank you, Carrie. And I look forward to talking with you again on part two hey. to your three days a week and have your 40 weekends. So thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. All right, you guys, until next time, I will see you then. I hope you got some juicy nuggets to inspire and show you simplifying and scaling is easier than you think. If you're ready to tame the chaos of your business into a simpler model while increasing your impact and income, grab my free simplify and scale template at DonnaAshton.com forward slash template or check the link in the show notes. See you next time.